Successes in the Mind is proud to have partnered with and be supported by the Great British Entrepreneur Awards and Community, a programme that recognises, celebrates, supports, encourages and champions entrepreneurs in Great Britain. Hello and welcome to another episode of Successes in the Mind with me, Oliver Bruce. If you're new to the show, we'll be discussing with current owner entrepreneurs, their failures, mistakes, passion and continued persistence in the face of business adversity. Not all entrepreneurs have completed their vision just yet. Some are just starting out. I want to give you a sense of business reality in a world full of idealism. What does it take to become successful, to grow a brand or to start a business? Join me to find out from those that are currently doing just that. So today I'm joined by one of the three founding partners of global influencer marketing brand, The Goat Agency. Based in London, New York and Singapore, Goat has been recognised as one of Adweek's fastest growing agencies of 2019 and boasts over 120 staff. You may have seen them through their disruptive and highly engaging daily vlogs online, and today I have the pleasure of being joined by one-third of a goat, Harry Hugo himself. I've never been introduced as one-third of a goat, but I like that. (laughs) No, well, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining. For those that can hear pots and pans and frying uh, in the background, in true COVID style, Harry's housemates are cooking a fry. Yeah, they've got very little respect for the podcast. (laughs) uh, You know, that's going to have to be how how it goes. Harry, thank you so much for joining me on my inaugural podcast. What a way to kick it off. As you may or may not know, unlike the majority of business podcasts out there, um, this podcast is based entirely around the failures, mistakes, passion and persistence of owner entrepreneurs currently in business. So many podcasts focused on the exit, the millions and the lifestyle after the daily grind, not the daily goat. But I wanted to know that I'm not the only person getting up at the crack of dawn to make my vision a reality. Harry, it started for you over 10 years ago, age 16, when you were told by a local newspaper that you were too young to write for them. Was this the chip on your shoulder that made you kick into gear and start your first business? Yeah, I think challenging anybody and especially someone with an entrepreneurial mindset is a positive and telling them no at any point is going to make them um, really, really push forward. And this is more than anything else. Uh, You know, one of the times in my life where I thought, okay, I I can actually go and do something different. They were a position of authority to me at that time, but you know, the Bournemouth Echo is not, you know, the Daily Mail, it's not the the Times, the Telegraph, you know, it's not a world renowned paper. Uh, So I thought, okay, I can, I can do better than that very, very fast. (laughs) Did you, did you message them after, after you got the job with uh, Liverpool FC writing on their website, um, just to let them know that actually whilst you are still younger than most of them you have got a job in uh, in Premier League football yeah I'm not very proud of the the message I sent sort of six to twelve months later after I got rejected but um, you know you live and you learn uh, I was a young 18 arrogant brat so you know things things some things change some things don't but uh, I, I I do regret the message that I sent the editor of the War of Echo it was it was it that arrogance that kind of want to prove people wrong and that that kind of massive amount of irritation that kind of made you so successful over the next sort of, I suppose, five to ten years? Because you've gone on to obviously start Sport Lobster as, as well as kind of go through and, and, and found the Goat Agency, which, as I said earlier, has got over 120 staff. Have you have you got a certain amount of, of passion and drive that is stemmed through being told no? Yeah, I think, you know, when it, when it came to fresh press you know my first business that was about being told no and wanted to go into football writing and you know having sold that and 
going into Sport Lobster as one of the first five people and, and being you know told that you know building the next Facebook was very very difficult and almost impossible and trying to defy those odds was was something that we were all up for and you know having raised 25 million pounds and growing to a business of 80 people you know that was something that we did relatively well product wasn't there um, but the marketing was and that's kind of when we fell out and um, moved into GOAT and uh, you know from there we we really really pushed forward and yeah I mean it was the time where everyone was saying that influencers was going to be a fad uh, it was something that was never going to take off it wasn't here for the long term the bubble was going to burst you know you've heard all these different things before and uh, and the, you know we're five years into this story now and we're genuinely only just beginning to see brands really understand this so it's an exciting time you made that sound incredibly easy by raising 25 million quid and and growing the business fa- fairly swiftly i mean surely there were issues there were mistakes and there were sort of uh, barriers i suppose to, to, to overcome when you started yeah i mean sport lobster to be clear is a completely different company to to goat um and yeah we, in that business it was all about raising money for this billion dollar idea uh which was kind of the thing to do in the early early tens i suppose you know there was a lot of problems you know we we didn't make payroll lots of times um you know i remember having to you know sat sat in a room and being told that we we aren't going to get paid for three weeks because we just didn't have any money in the in the bank account to make payroll It's, it's a scary time but you know for some reason i stuck with it I was incredibly hungry. I'd moved to London, you know, I'd moved away from home, which was Bournemouth. I'd moved away from my friends. I had no friends outside of work. And so it's kind of like a do or die. Even though I wasn't getting paid for a three week period, you know, there was, you know, a a willingness to kind of prove that this decision was the right decision because I didn't go to university. And and you as a sort of manager, I suppose, of of staffing that is over now 120, as we say, there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there, myself included, who have never actually been managed. How do you go about managing people successfully? Yeah, I I wouldn't say I'm brilliant at it um, by any stretch of the imagination. I think it's something that probably comes of age more than anything else. You know, I'm still only 25. Uh, a bit of life experience helps, a bit of personal experience of different situations help and being able to see those situations and see what the outcome, the consequences are. I think I have genuinely learned on the job, but you know, I saw a, a mix of management styles when I worked for somebody else. Um, definitely seen the, both the carrot and the stick. Um, the stick doesn't really work for for me, but I can see how it works for other people. But you know, I'm, I'm less good at, uh, at handing that out, if I'm honest. No, and, and that makes sense. And everyone's got their different styles. But with regards, I suppose, to your success over the last seven weeks uh, in terms of hiring, hiring those new personnel. You and I spoke at the beginning of the pandemic, before the Chancellor released all of his, you know, grants, schemes, loans, etc. And you were genuinely concerned that your opex was going to be too much per month to be able to sustain. There may have to be redundancies. There were a lot of things that a lot of businesses were up against. They couldn't really figure out where they were going. At what point and what did you do to be able to actually maintain your staffing and hire more? I think, yeah, we, we always have this conversation um, around kind of trading out of any crisis. And I think any good business who actually, well, which is actually a good business that makes money, that has the ability to grow, can always trade out of a crisis. Now that could be an internal crisis, it could be a macro crisis like this one, that we're facing and again it comes back to that self-belief i suppose it's like we we sat down and we we drew up the different options at the start of this crisis and went okay well these are the options you know the the option a b and c you know a b looked like the easy way out that was raise money sell the business you know because we had no idea what was going on that level of uncertainty you know rose 
you know, options that we possibly hadn't thought of probably before, like sell the business. And option three was trade the way out. And we kind of sat down and went, okay, these are the two easy way out. And then the other one is the difficult one, but it has the biggest reward. And, you know, that's when the entrepreneurial spirit comes in, I suppose. And we were like, okay, well, all we have to do is, is you know, bill X amount every month. You know, we don't have to bill what we've been billing over the last few months. We just have to lower it down to a break-even point and push forward with, with real vigor, galvanize the team around us, make everybody feel empowered, make every, everybody feel part of this journey, i.e. we're not going to make anyone redundant. We're not going to do this. We're going to take our pay cuts, but we're not going to make you take pay cuts. All these things where we're going to take the hit, we're going to take the hit. If we need to save the business and raise money, we'll take the hit and then get everybody to the point where they go, okay, well, these guys are going to do that for us to keep us in a job, to keep us being paid. We're going to have to work hard in order to push us through. And fair play to the team, amazing work to pull us through into a position where we're now up on where we were pre-COVID um, in a post-COVID world. So that's or well, yeah, current COVID world. If I'm setting out, okay, never run a business in my life and I've got this idea that I want to bring to the market, I successfully raise funding, I raise investment um, and I've got this pot of cash. Do I, what do I spend on? Do I go and spend it on marketing, website, branding, social posts? Because you guys, go, you don't spend money on your own brand. You don't spend money on marketing, which I find fascinating because you're in three different countries. How do you actually go about A, successfully marketing yourselves and B, if I were to start a business with a pot of money, what would you advise me to do with that money? I don't think that, you know, we, we spend zero on our brand. You know, it does, it's not... It's not cheap to spend, uh, you know, your time recording videos over the last year every single day. Um, you know, creating that daily vlog is certainly a high expense to us, but an expense that's very well worth it, and it's it's really cultured our brand into something that we're very proud of. But what I would say is that we didn't spend any money on our brand or any money on our marketing over the first three and a half years. Um, and if you try and find out anything about us before 2019, it's very, very difficult um, because we just didn't shout about it. We're very much okay. We're gonna, we're gonna, um, we're gonna run before we 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 talk. Uh, we don't need to be talking about ourselves before we we can do it. And we don't just want to walk before we talk. We want to run. We want to be the best. So when we do talk, the people actually listen. And that was kind of the model. So we, we spent three and a half years trying to you know, walk, then jog, then run. And then we got to a position where we were comfortable that if anybody talked about us or if we talked about ourselves, we had our ability to, to back it up. And um, and that's when we started the vlog. And then that, everything spiraled from there, really. Obviously, there's more and more people out there that are more and more aware that actually influencers are being paid to actually market products, whereby maybe five or six years ago, actually, people would be able to post a product on there. They didn't have to necessarily shout about it being a paid-for advert, etc. Has that changed the way that you guys as a business are operating and your propositions? Or do you think actually, you know, it's helped you guys because it's more accepted by the masses? I think, yeah, I think it's helped. I think, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things, that, you know, the Whole, the whole brand um, and how the marketing mix is changing massively. I think influence is becoming far more promoted. I think we've had a vlog and had a marketing channel which has allowed our brand to get much more recognized, helps uh, to further the credibility of not only the market, but the industry and also ourselves. And uh, yeah, 
it's uh, it, you know, it, it's good. It's good. And you, you, you employ such a diverse range of people. Obviously, a lot of um, those that are on your staffing are actually quite young. They're fresh to the world of, I suppose, influence and marketing. Some of them are even fresh out of university. Some may not have actually been there at all. A lot of people say that having diversity within a business from a multiple of ages is actually a really positive thing. How do you go about managing the, the, the sort of, I suppose, uh, the, the element that actually the majority of your staffing are a lot younger than, than others may be? Yeah, I think, you know, I've always been, I'm obviously young myself, but I've always been in businesses that are very young. I mean, we're working in social media, working in video, online, influencers, you know, it, it does skew young. Uh, and actually, to be honest, it skews slightly more female than it does male. The interesting thing is, uh, yeah, like you said, how to manage those people because they've got very, very different needs and desires than people of different ages. And I think it's all about wanting to know how they can progress. I think that's been a really, really key learning for us. But okay, how can we entice these these members of the team to understand how they can progress and what they can do to better themselves, what they can do to to grow. And I think we've also we've kind of been in a, a catch twenty two. We've we've been able to promote people very very fast and push people out the business if they're really good. But that increases the expectation of other people in the business of when and how fast they can grow through the business. And maybe they're uh, maybe they think they're as good as A, but they they're not, and they expect to go through the business as fast as A, and um, they don't, and therefore they become. Uh, you know, less motivated, um, and that—that's kind of been a, something that we've been uh, working on because we're in that rock and a hard place. We want to—we want to promote people really quickly, but that sets a bad expectation across the business because you know people then expect to be promoted very, very quickly, and uh, you know it's, it's managing that expectation. Um, but yeah, in terms of bringing in different ages, I think you know I'm 25 now, so. You know, I'm in the middle and we need to bring in more 18 year olds. We need to bring in more people who are in it every day on, on TikTok, on the new platforms. Um, I try and keep as relevant as I possibly can by watching as much content as I possibly can. I, I call it my homework. I try and watch as much YouTube as I possibly can. Even people that I don't like watching, I watch because I want to know how they edit their videos, what's trending, why are they talking about that, what what are the jokes they're making off the cuff about other YouTubers, what's that in, like, interaction like. And then I can really think about all sorts of different things when I'm talking to brands because I know what other people are making. And then also we need to bring in older, older people in the business because we need, one, we need different functions being achieved in the business. We need finance, we need uh, operations, we need logistics, we need HR, but also we need people that think in a different way strategically for different um, business groups and different uh, audience groups because we're not just selling to millennials and Gen Z we're selling to all sorts of different age groups for the brands that we work with and it's very very important that we have the right mix of people coming up with the strategies and executing on those strategies for the audience that we are delivering for that makes sense and recruiting is is really difficult I mean for a lot of businesses it's difficult but um, now when I say a younger generation I don't, I don't you know you and I are both young you're 25 I'm, I'm 27 but what comes of that is, is, is more tech savvy people now when they're disgruntled with the business for whatever reason people tend to go online and they may say positive they may say negative things now i'm sure you've heard of a, a company called glass door now i'm going to play a little game here harry you've got 41 reviews on uh, on goat's glass door account and what i've called it is trust me i'm a doctor probably and what i want you to do is i want you to say goat if it's a true review or bull <laughs> if it's not a true review okay i'm pretty hot on this <laughs> Are you? I've, I thought you would be because it's such an important uh, part of any business. So we will start with, I wanted to work there, but I'm a vegetarian and the brand didn't appeal to me. Goat or bull? Bull. 
bang on, perfect. You get the idea of the game. It's not that difficult. Great place to work if you want to be a number or a cog. Oh, that's us. We're certainly not a number or a cog sort of business. Um, we we allow people to, to do amazing things. We've got young people doing awesome, awesome things in the business. Um, now, yes, we are very process driven. We're, we're a machine in how we operate, but we have to. We operate at such great scale. We grow so fast. But I certainly don't believe you're a number. Everybody knows everybody in the business. Good luck. If you think you're a cog in a machine in our business, good luck in a corporate. Well, well, indeed. I mean, <laughs> we'll go on to some more positive ones, but I was interested to understand your stance on that one. But I like the negative ones. Let's keep, keep firing the negative ones at me. Keep firing the negative ones. I once held the biggest influencer's hand of all time, Kylie Jenner, and thought, based on that, I had more experience than Harry. Go to a book. <laughs> Bull. Bull. <laughs> what about this one? I spelt uh, influencer like Hippocrates influenza and didn't get the job. Go to a bull. Bull. Yeah, very good. Become your own entrepreneur within the company. Uh, I think that's us. Yeah, I'd say go. I think that's go. Yeah, spot on. Amazing people, brackets, approve the CEO. Yeah, I mean, that might be, that probably is us, but, you know, who's approving of our CEO? I've got no idea. <laughs> no, that, that, that is true. I suppose the final one is a fast-paced and exciting environment to be part of. Yeah, that's us. And that, that does sum yeah, us up. Yeah, indeed. That's why I ended on that one. But how does how does it make you feel, Harry, when people say, you know, positive things like that, a fast-paced and exciting environment? This is a concept, a baby of of the three of yours. I mean, what does that make you feel like? Yeah, I think yeah, it makes me feel great. I think um, you know, for as much as the positive ones on Glassdoor are good, I think the negative ones are really good too. Uh, you know, not shying away from the fact that we've got some negative reviews on Glassdoor. You know, everybody does. If you don't, then I think you've manufactured your Glassdoor. Um, you know, we've got 41 reviews. Uh, we've done all right. We're at what, like 3.6, 3.8 stars. I'd probably take that on a review website where, you know, reviews on the whole are pretty negative. But no, indeed, indeed. And with regards, I suppose, to people taking these this this feedback personally to a certain extent, and you've been incredibly diplomatic and, and, and you know, I respect you hugely for, for that. A lot of people would go, oh, they're wrong, go away, that wasn't posted, X, Y, and Z, and you're right, they're trying to manipulate these things. But actually, feedback's really important in business, regardless of what sector and what industry you're in, because if you haven't got the feedback, you really don't know where you stand, I suppose. Do you act upon feedback, you know, and try and spin it in a positive way in the business and go, look, we've actually not delivered correctly here this is what we need to do next time yeah i mean it's feedback loop across the business communication is is really really powerful I and mean, it can make you so much better as a business so much faster than probably any other change communication is so important and especially as you get greater and bigger it's uh, it becomes even more important because communication becomes more lax across teams across people who used to talk to each other all the time or sit next to each other now don't they sit across the office you know i think that that's probably the greatest change you can you can implement and that obviously comes off the back of the feedback as well goats growing well now goats got a good sort of process in place etc you've seen huge uplift over the last couple of years what does the future hold for you guys obviously you've come out of the pandemic in a positive position six 12 months time what does that look like i think the whole marketing mix has changed so dramatically in the last four to five months because of that so many brands are understanding exactly what they need to do going forward and what that marketing that they did coming into 2020 how quickly that has aged and what they need to do coming out of 2020. And I think that puts us in a very, very interesting position as an agency with a, a hold on a marketing channel, which is not only growing, but very, very uh, exciting to a lot of marketers 
who are coming in with huge TV budgets, billboard budgets, outside of home budgets that you know they've been spending for years on things that now just aren't working how they used to. And social is such a valuable exchange of customer information and interaction that can be harnessed for sales, for engagement, for brand recognition, for brand awareness, for brand um, affinity that is uh, just so underutilized when it comes to the budgets that are being spent. I think people think that because certain brands tweet about certain things all the time, or they're very active on social, means that they're actually really good at harnessing social. It doesn't actually make a difference. You know, if you look at the the general spend of TV versus digital, it is laughable. It is at least 70-30, and that is me being very, very kind towards digital. Normally, it's way higher. TV spends 80 to 85% of total ad spend. That is nuts in comparison to where the attention is. There is there is a YouTuber on uh, in, um, in the US called Mr. Beast, and every single YouTube video gets between 20 and 30 million views. Every single one. There is a very, very small amount of TV shows in the world that will get you the same ratings as that video. That video will cost you $400,000 to sponsor it forever, forever. And it will be integrated into the content. There is no other, there's no other media format that you can get that many eyeballs on that content in an integrated way with the presenter reading it out, all these different things that is impossible on any other media formats to get it for that price. And that is the power. It's so underpriced right now. Even though it seems expensive, $400,000, oh, that's huge for a YouTuber. Yeah, but he's getting 30 million views. 30 million people care about what he's saying. They're not just watching it because it's on at eight o'clock prime time on the main channel. They've clicked on the video. There's 30 million people that clicked on the video. You know, that, that, that's the power. That's the power. I suppose that that being the power, I mean, but why? What makes good content? Why is he netting 30 million when actually you've got the X Factor on TV, which, you know, when I was younger, everyone used to love. But, you know, why is he getting so many people looking at that? Why are so many people engaging with his content? It's a formula. It's a formula. Um, he creates engaging content that people want to watch. He advertises it very well with great thumbnails, great titles. It's enticing. It makes it drives curiosity. And then when you're on the video, he's charismatic and he, and he gets people engaged. Um, he's worked out the perfect formula and you know there's plenty of other people doing exactly the same thing so he's, he's almost become a brand and for me there's so much opportunity out there and I suppose people listening to this might be contemplating starting their own business they may now be contemplating actually becoming a YouTuber but you know how do you Harry how do you stay focused on the goal on the vision and what needs to happen and not get distracted by going oh but if I just dip my toe in over here I could actually make this much more or do this much more with my, with my life you know how do you stay uh, straight and narrow I suppose uh I mean, that's, it's, I think it's part and parcel of having uh, founding partners as well. They kind of keep you keep you grounded. Um, I live with my mates. Um, you know, I think I just try and keep keep people around you and keep you grounded. And you know, we we've got a successful business. Um, we still have a lot of you know moments that you know we. <laughs> We, we ideally wouldn't have you know covid comes in you think the business is over um you know all that hard work five years and you know looking at it in the face and going jesus anything can happen in the next couple of months i think that kind of humbles you you know i think um yeah it's a it's an exciting one but you've, you've got to say you've got to stay humble and I, you know i've got a lot to learn i'm 25 and despite my 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 uh 
my willingness to retire by 30, you know, I've still got a lot, of, a lot to achieve. Yeah, no, indeed. And that leaves me uh, really quite nicely onto the last question, Harry, which is looking back over that over that decade, over those last 10 years, you know, you've had, you know, ups, downs, huge success. You must have had some really big issues and barriers to overcome, though. What's been the biggest issue over that period? It's a really difficult question to answer. Um, I think people is, is genuinely the, the hardest thing. Keeping people happy, making people into great human beings. I think that's always been a really, really core focus for us is rather than just make them great employees, make them great people. Um, because we have a responsibility of bringing young people through the business and therefore, you know, just making dickheads is of no use to the society. Um, okay. And, uh, you know, I think, I think, yeah, I think people is the hardest. You know, it's, it's difficult to hire people at scale. It's difficult to fire people. Um, and it's difficult to make people great employees at the same time as making great human beings. But that is our goal. Uh, and that is always our greatest challenge. No, that's, that's, that's wise words to end it on. Harry, thank you so much from the GOAT Agency for joining me this week. To keep up to date with the GOAT's uh, global domination, check out their website, GOAT agency.com or visit harry uh, on linkedin to see the daily vlogs podcasts and much much more join me next week where we'll be discussing more about failures mistakes passion and persistence with other inspiring owner entrepreneurs who are currently in business thanks once again for listening take care thanks for listening if you've enjoyed this program then please show your support by subscribing via apple podcasts and all other major podcast streaming services why not share it with at least three friends and of course make sure you tune in next week i'd love to hear your thoughts on the show contact me via twitter at oliver bruce underscore biz or via linkedin at oliver bruce online thank you Successes in the Mind is proud to have partnered with and be supported by the Great British Entrepreneur Awards and Community, a programme that recognises, celebrates, supports, encourages and champions entrepreneurs in Great Britain. 